And welcome back to episode 122 of the Weekly Tech Wrap with me, Jay. And me, Carl. Well, Carl, we're back once again for a slightly different roundup of stories this week, haven't we? We haven't got any major breaches, we've got no major cyber incidents, not that they're not happening in the wild, but for this week's lineup of stories, a little bit more uh, game. I feel it's a bit more game sort of angled this week, what do you think? There is, yeah, definitely. So we're going to talk, uh, well, we've got a mix out, talk Final Fantasy VII. We are going to talk about Microsoft just a little bit. We're going to talk about Apple. PSV, PSVR2, couldn't get quite get that out. We're going to talk <laughs> Red Noses, and no, not the kind if you have a bad cold. Um, GoldenEye E3, and we're going to the Tech Rat Rumor Mill has just got one story in it this week. But on that point then, let's kick off this week then with uh, the first story of the week, which is all about Final Fantasy VII. And uh, yeah, I remember playing this on the PS1. So, God, this must I... be, what, 25 years old? It's got to be in there? Yeah, 26, apparently, as, as of the 31st of January. Now, yeah, oh. like you, I may have played this seven or eight times over <laughs> i've spent a lot of my childhood playing final fantasy 7 uh but it seems japan loves it even more and that's not really surprising but uh yeah 31st of january was the 26th anniversary <clears throat> and japan officially designated that date final fantasy 7 day not a national holiday though uh so okay. you don't get the day off to go and play final fantasy 7 it's not mandated uh but I think that's still an achievement uh, for a game, for a start, and especially for the industry uh, to have a, a day recognised, uh, dedicated to you. Yeah, because this is to do with the the J- Japan Anniversary Organisation, or JAO uh, website, which apparently logs and tracks all of these yep. different days, doesn't it? Turns out they've, they've also got a couple of other things happening on that day, which oh, not related they? to one person. <laughs> uh, yes, Wet Towel Day uh, oh, nice. and Yama, Yamamoto Egg Sandwich Day. Ooh, tasty. <laughs> but yes, yeah, but I mean, yeah, this is probably my first introduction into RPGs and particularly Japanese RPGs. Oh, definitely. Uh, it, it came in the old uh, double double disc, didn't it? The old double it did, sandwich. The old double uh, disc. Yep, got that one. You know, I still have a copy of it. I have the original. I think, do you know what? I was looking the other day in one of my boxes of stuff and I had uh, Metal Gear Solid in there as well that came yep. with double disc and there was a couple other ones as well but yeah i mean look it, it was definitely a decent game and you know how many what we on now i can't remember what final fantasy or whatever how many oh, there's been like 15, several remakes 16, 17 yeah, where are we now <laughs> there's been a remake or two of this though hasn't there i'm sure there's been a remake, oh, there has been a remake. that's a bone of contention though <laughs> which i think that was a couple of years ago was it if i'm correct it was still waiting for the pc port <laughs> they promised. Yeah, the PC port that was meant to be last year, if I remember correctly from oh, my notes. Yeah. yeah. It was meant to be a while ago. I was looking forward to doing that, but uh no, it's not for me apparently. So really then this is just a celebration, you know, that this game is a landmark game. It was kind of, I guess, a, a turning point in RPGs, and I suppose with the PS1 being such yep. a landmark console of choice. Why not? Yeah, I mean people why have not? stranger days. We celebrate other weird stuff, don't we? So why not? You know. <laughs> why not? Well, I wonder if Final Fantasy VIII or the others will get one too. But yes, uh, happy Final Fantasy Day for those that celebrated back at the end of January, um, you know, commemorating the original launch of the game. And yeah, if you've got a copy of it, I wonder, do you know what? I'm going to have to go have a look how much that's worth now. I bet it's probably not worth a lot of money at all, is it, to be oh, fair? Oh, I think they sold a fair few copies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, they probably did. I mean, 1997, I can't believe that came out in 1997, Mike. God, I mean, that's how old do you feel now? (laughs) I feel very old, quite frankly, very old. Um, yes, I mean, I think I was looking when I did my notes, I think I read somewhere that they sold 14 million copies in the initial run of that. Mm. Um, I mean, and the PS1, I mean, mean, so many good games, you know, didn't they? Yeah, 
the too many. I can't even say the word. Uh, great Very games came games. out on, yeah. on the PS One. I mean, yep. obviously, no, it was obviously referred to as the PS as opposed to the PS One at the time. Let's be honest, yep. we didn't know there was any the PlayStation. <laughs> um, but I mean, I think when I was looking at that the other day, because I went down the old Wikipedia rabbit hole, yeah, and a hundred and two million units were sold. Wow, that's that's pretty good going, especially for back then. Was. I had two of them. I had two PlayStation ones. The first one broke. Um, it lasted. Really? Wow. <laughs> it, it lasted several years though. Uh, I ended up having to play it when it with it on its side with the door propped open with a bit of blue tack stuck in the old, uh, you know, the pin. Yep. To, um, I never had the redesigned PS One. I bought myself some years later an original PS uh, to to play some games on. Um, and you know what? Like everything else, nostalgia. It just. <laughs> it just wasn't, wasn't quite as good as you remember, no. <laughs> no, and then I had, um, I had one of the old, um, oh, what were they called? Cartridges that plugged in the back. There's a name for yep. it. Um, you know, the cheat cartridges, kind of stuff that you could play. Oh, like. uh, action replay. The action replay and cartridge. Yeah. Or something was the other one, wasn't it? it? Yeah. I had one of those plugged into the back. Um, you know, some year, you know, a couple of years yep. later, and I did have the, uh, I did have the light gun, gun con. You know, for yep. um, oh, uh, what's the game? Time crisis. Time crisis. Yep. Uh, which is yeah. awesome, you know. Where obviously at the at the the arcade, you'd press the pedal and you drop down, you or would, the gun, yeah. you press the button, wouldn't you? And I did have the mouse. I had the I PlayStation the mouse. mouse. No, because do you remember um, uh, what the hell? What is wrong with me? I can't speak. Uh, CNC uh, came out for it. Oh, did it really? Yes, I did not CNC know that. Came, CNC came out uh, on the PlayStation. Um, I want to say. I can't kind of think what year it was it came out, but it came out on the PlayStation and I had the mouse with it. Um and I don't I can't remember what year it was, but yeah, it had the mouse and it was it was it was good, but it was obviously a bit weird sometimes. But it you know, it gave me a chance to play it more than I could do on a PC because I didn't really have a PC at that time. I was playing more uh other 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 games and things, you know. Uh, so yeah, definitely. Mouse was an interesting option. I wouldn't want to know what that was today. I can't find it. But uh, yeah. no, I, I do know what you're saying though about the oldest. Not quite how you remember it. Um, we have a local retro arcade uh, town over from us. Uh, oh, you do. And I'm yes. taking the kids there. And they have Time Crisis with the old pedal and the guns and like that. But they also have Ridge Racer. Now I remember spending a lot of time playing Ridge Racer. Thinking, oh my god, how amazing the graphics are. Yeah, not in. No, no, they're not. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah, nostalgia's a pain, isn't it? It's not quite how we'll talk a bit more about <laughs> nostalgia. <in> your memory. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more about nostalgia in a moment, but yes, not quite how it is. So talking about games then, um, and obviously this story continues to, to trundle on, and this is obviously regarding the Activision Blizzard acquisition by Microsoft. You have the yep. close to seventy billion dollars acquisition. We're still rumbling on, and Microsoft now now feels that, uh, well, publicly states, we say, that Sony yes. isn't telling the truth, is it, to the e-regulatory yep. people. Um, and let's be honest, we don't really think that this is a shock, given the note, the things that are coming out, the press releases, yep. the leaked stories. Sony really are playing, I want to say dirty here, I think, to be honest with you. Slightly you know? underhand at the very least. Yeah, definitely. 
So they're now saying, are they? So Chief Communications Officer Frank Shaw from Microsoft has uh, taken to social media uh, where he's now, and I say he's accusing, not us, <laughs> accusing Sony of misleading uh, the EU regulatory commission um, over Microsoft's plans around Call of Duty. And this is all yeah. around, like we keep talking about, this is all about Call of Duty. Activision Blizzard, this isn't yeah. $70 billion anymore for Activision. This is $70 billion for Call of Duty, it feels like, doesn't it? Really? It does. It's like they do do a lot more than Call of Duty. Of duty but sony is very hung up on it yeah and basically now so to microsoft sony uh they are stating that sony is telling uh the eu government the eu commission uh, in the brussels chambers that microsoft is unwilling to give them parity for call of duty if they acquire activision uh now this is ridiculous because microsoft have been on record almost from day one haven't they yeah. saying that nothing will change we will, you know, we will give games parity yep. across consoles. We will give ten-year deals to Sony for, you know, absolutely and everything. Nintendo. Nintendo, yeah. Well, I, yeah, that's that's if it goes to Sony, of course. Um, of course. But they've already the thing though with the Nintendo deal though is that the Nintendo has been signed, isn't it? And that's pending the deal with Sony. So Nintendo yeah. are going to get it. It's you know, yeah. So I just I don't understand, and we keep saying this, and it feels like a broken record. But why would Microsoft take away? A cash cow and lock it away, and nobody else can touch it. They didn't do it with Minecraft, and Minecraft no, didn't across everything, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you can get Minecraft. You can on literally anything, can't you? You can spin up your yeah. own home servers with it on, and, and all sorts of things, and that makes them a ton of money. Yeah, and what I don't get is, is why would Sony not want to ink this deal now? Get it on paper. You know, do your best negotiate. You've, you, Sony here have got the upper hand, you know, because they could pretty much negotiate for what they want beyond blocking the yep. deal but why not go for it i just well, it puzzles the hell out of me really i don't know as mike sort of said they, 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 they'll, they'll enforce it for a contract regulatory agreements or any other means they're quite happy to be flexible here but uh i mean anyone would think the uh, the fate of playstation 5 and sony lies on call of duty yeah and i think that's the problem though isn't it <laughs> Sony are relying on Call of Duty. They're requiring on Call of Duty being an exclusive day one title that they can, you know, uh, get people to pick up new PlayStations with. They're pushing it for the PSN network or whatever they call it this week. Yeah. For, for the online gaming. Yeah. I, but it's it's not it's like worrying. this is one of those ones that Sony have actually signed an exclusivity deal with. So it's not like currently they're getting Call of Duty before it's on Xbox or PC. It releases everywhere the same day. And that's what Microsoft is saying. It's going to stay the same. That is not changing. No, no. I just, it seems, I mean, the problem is, though, Sony are poisoning the well, aren't they? Yeah. Absolutely poisoning the well here. You know, we have talked about this before, that Sony themselves are guilty of similar behavior. They've gone out of their way to make deals for other games. We've seen Sony, you know, not really enforce crossplay. We've seen them not, you know, being able to, deliver on what they want to do and it now seems a case of well microsoft are going to plow ahead with this and they're like hang on a minute you know let's not do anything here um and i and i there's a lot of busy press there or microsoft's got you know they'll do this and they'll do that and they they say one thing and they do another i don't necessarily think that's quite the case here i think for the, for the size of this acquisition this isn't microsoft buying up the competitor and uh, this is microsoft almost unifying an industry, isn't it, to a degree? Yeah. You know, not obviously. And you know, from Sony's perspective, you you know, what are you? You're fighting against a behemoth here that ultimately 
you know, is no different to you when you disrupted the console market back in 95, 96 with the PlayStation, yep. isn't it? Because everybody said when Sony, a Sega and Nintendo and Sony turned up and they're like, what the hell? Sony console, excuse me, you know, go back to making TVs, Walkmans. And nobody took them seriously, did they? And next thing you know, which was, you know, within what, within 10 years, Sega yep. pretty much were turned into a publishing house, weren't they? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I get them why they're scared, but this isn't that we're not, you know, PlayStations are still shipping more units than, than Xbox. Anything is. else? Yeah. You know, so, certainly more than Xbox. You're right. Yeah. I just, yeah. I like you say, we often say on this show, you know, this is a weekly tech rant, and the rant here is just Sony, buck it up, you know, <laughs> move on from this. <laughs> I want Game Pass. I want, I want Call of Duty on Game Pass. I'm waiting for it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. All right. Anyway, <laughs> moving on, moving on. <laughs> mm-hmm. So our friends at Apple, uh, are, they're in trouble. Uh, Again? It, yeah, it seems that they've got in trouble uh, for its leaked email about leaked emails. Uh, to get your head around that one, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the US National Labor Relations Board has, uh, has stepped in and their prosecutors, sorry, prosecutors have kind of determined that Apple's been violating labor rights. Uh, based on the comments made by the company's executives, as well as policies imposed on its employees. Uh, and we all know Apple and their various work rules they have, you know, that you can do this and you can't do that, and the way you present yourself. So they're very, very strict around that. But um, yeah, apparently the US National Labor Relations Board aren't too happy with them about that one. Yeah, this is a, this is a difficult one, isn't it, really? Um, given Given that... I'm not entirely sure Apple have got really much much pushback here because no. it does seem it does seem that Apple are breaking laws. Given, I mean, I'm, I'm going by the statements that are there. Now, obviously, course, we're not yeah. you know we're not a court here, we're not that. <laughs> but given by the evidence that's presented, um, and this former employee, as you say, who's you know presented, you know, it does seem that senior executives on based on these leaked emails, you're right, are breaking not only you know federal laws but the company's own policies as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. You know, which is, but what gets me the one about saying posting impolite tweets? Oh dear! Oh my god! The thought police are out now. I mean, <laughs> what what yeah. what implies an impolite tweet? You know, I'm sorry. Did I not did I not politely address you? you know, <laughs> dear Carl, how are oh. you this day? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, I I think that's kind of a grey area, isn't it? Because social media, I mean, oof, does uh, mm. does cover a whole wealth of sins, uh, as we know. I know. But, I mean, some yeah. of the ones they brought up, I can, I think, are questionable. Uh, that, yeah, they've obviously bought, they're restricting staff from discussing business information. Oh, business okay. information is kind of broad in itself, but a lot of that could be commercially sensitive, and I can certainly see there's a reason to stop that one. Uh, talking to reporters again, it depends what you're talking about. I suppose uh, revealing co-workers' compensation packages. I'd well, say that's a grey area, well, anyway. That's a grey area because, um, see, that's kind of like why you know if if you've got permission and you're talking about it, are you are you going to be penalised if I tell you what I'm paid, so to speak? And and, and I don't know if it's California. No, is it Colorado? Isn't it? I don't know if California has, or maybe they have. But Colorado, isn't it? They have to publish a job compensation now, don't they? They're what they do, yeah, it? they do for all quite a yeah. lot of states now, isn't it? Most job postings have to have the actual salary range on it. Yeah. 
But I guess you're right. If it's breaching personal confidentiality, okay, grey yeah. areas, you say. Okay. I say, revealing your own compensation package, go for it. But revealing well, I'm not others... Going, I'm, not, um, I'm not getting paid anything for this, by the way. Just to Yeah, no, no, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a tricky one. I think they might win on some points, other ones not so much. But it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Yeah, but the one it talks about, isn't it? The other one is saying about, which was um, Tim Cook basically saying that anybody he leaks anything isn't it leaks you know, yeah. confidential information basically that's cracking down isn't it on the leaking culture that is around yeah. apple you know the whole yeah. you know we're going to talk about the rumor mill later that leaks. you know we're not leaking those but other people are there's a whole industry that is based around apple rumors apple um leaks isn't it you know we've got yeah. john prosser you know with that whole thing two years ago with uh, the, the the supposed March event, do you remember? And yeah. the back and forth, was it going to happen? It was, you know, and then nothing. And it, you couldn't help but wonder, was that pulled? Because, you know, at least... Tim controlling just, him. <laughs> exactly, you know. Um, you know, we've seen what happens. I mean, obviously, that was not under Tim Cook, but we see what happened. Do you remember when uh, the Gizmodo and the iPhone being left? Oh, in there? yes, yeah, of course. You know, a little bit different. But, yeah, it's just... It's yeah. interesting one because I mean, obviously, Tim Cook has said about, about pledging to punish leakers. Now, I'm pretty sure everyone that works at Apple has signed an NDA, signed uh, yeah. an actual legal contract, a legally binding contract, saying you want to release company information. If you wanted to it, why did you sign the NDA? Obviously, you wouldn't have got a job without signing the NDA. That's just no, yeah, non-negotiable on that one. But you knew what you were signing. Anyone in the tech industry knows what an NDA is and what it means if you breach it. So. I think it's only they've got a leg to stand on there. It is, yeah, it's a very valid point. And I think also, you know, if you're working in a company like that as well, you've signed the NDA, you're working on a product that hasn't come to market yet. Again, common sense dictates you don't go shouting about it unless you're in marketing. <laughs> no, and there's you know. probably wiggle room about maybe the NDA is too broad, you know, and it's covering yeah, it's things not specific like enough, uh, yeah. impolite tweets. Or something. Yeah, it's probably an argument there. But yeah, uh, releasing trade secrets is is pretty much non-negotiable on that one. Yeah, I, and I think that's the same for any company. You know, the companies that we work for, that again is a stated point in there. You cannot disclose information. And the same would apply again, I suppose, things like financial information, isn't it? Yeah, you, know, you of course. You wouldn't disclose financial information about the company out because, again, being a publicly traded company, that could have a, an undue no, effect. Yeah, the uh, SEC found on that one. They do indeed. They do indeed. <laughs> I'm talking of SEC. I've just been watching the Bernie Madoff. Uh, documentary on Netflix. Oh yeah. Um, oh my God. Talk about the SEC and not doing their job properly for several years. But that's another story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, talk. Actually, on a random note, did you see that Elon Musk was found innocent? Wasn't he? Of um, what? It's been up for many charges. Well, the um, the Tesla taking taking prime uh, taking Tesla. Oh, prime. the one where he said we've got the funding, and he didn't actually have the funding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. how how? I'm I'm sure. We'll come back to this one. I think in the next week, then yeah. we might investigate this one because I'm yeah. not sure how he, he got away with that. He, he won. He over that tweet. Do you remember the tweet? He said yeah, I remember the tweet. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, he was. He uh, basically is. He's won it. Yeah, we'll have to I'll follow up on that. But yeah, he's won it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very wow. curious. But anyway. Uh, but yeah, so, so Apple, yeah. Apple are in hot water over breaking uh, labor, potentially breaking labor laws, um, and whilst the um, national. Was it the NLRB, the National uh, Labor, Labor Relations Board? They don't have the power to fine Apple, can they? They have to raise no. it with, uh, you know, a, a legal system, um, but they can force Apple to change its company labor policies if necessary. So this could happen. We'll see if anything changes. We will update you in a coming show. Yeah. Right then. 
back to Sony then. Oh yes, we were talking about Sony, talking about PlayStation. You know, and, you know, PlayStation <clears throat> shipping lots of units. Yeah, and the PS4. Uh, one of the things that shipped to the PS4 was the PS VR headset, wasn't it? Which was, yeah, uh, it was indeed. Uh, you know, VR console headset, which uh, PlayStation 4 sold quite a lot of units with, didn't they? And it yeah. was, you know, I would say groundbreaking to a degree, wasn't it? Proper VR for your console. And actually, yeah, I mean, it wasn't the highest of quality, but it was passable, and it was, dare I say, cheap in comparison. Well, yeah, and a lot of people loved it for things like was it Beat Saber was a very popular yeah. game, wasn't it? And other stuff. You know, it was more family fun games. It was obviously yeah. there were AAA titles there, but it wasn't quite the same as you say your high end index or your reverb style of uh, HBR. But that being said, when the PS5 launched the other year, yeah, there was no PSVR uh, at launch date, wasn't it? And Sony was oh. saying that this was coming, and now they've now announced that they do not expect to ship as many units of the PSVR 2 headset. No, they don't. No, no. I mean, pre-orders went live back in December at $549. And apparently, at that point, Sony kind of told manufacturers to have 2 million units ready to go for the uh, this month launch, February 22nd. Uh, Come dry quick. Yeah. Well, it seems those pre-orders didn't go as well as expected. (laughs) And Sony is now telling manufacturers uh, to expect something close to 1.5 million units over the next year. Well, that's, Not that's, 2 million at launch, 1.5 over the next year. That's a bit of a drop. That is a tad of a drop, isn't it? Uh, now, I suspect the issue may be price on this one, which, you know, let's be honest, uh, isn't hugely Cheap. pricey well, no, <laughs> in comparison to a, a PC VR headset, like an Index, for example. No, no uh, of course not. No. Or even a standalone headset, like uh, you know, the Rift is, what, $400, isn't it? No. Nowadays, uh, not a Rift, sorry, Quest, the Quest 2, $400. Um, but that's a standalone headset and has processing on board. This is a tethered headset for a console that retails at 499 And the headset is 549 It can only be used tethered to the PlayStation. I imagine that's, that's a big thing to buy, isn't it? That, that's a lot of money to spend, especially on the yeah. unknown. It does, and I think you're right here. And just to take a step back, this story is broke in Bloomberg, didn't it? And yeah. came from came from an un, a source familiar with the company. Now, this source hasn't necessarily been, uh, I think, you know, verified 100. Yeah. percent So there are some, you know, I think there's some kind of view on whether or not this is true. But I think, to be fair to you, I think the cost angle is probably the biggest barrier here and i suspect you're right given the current you know the current economic environment yeah people people are making a judgment call on what to do it and the other point is you say it's not a standalone headset so if you want to play vr on the playstation you have to pay you have to get a vr headset only for the playstation those no, games it's tethered it's not wireless either no that's what i mean I yeah that's it, yeah. a physical cable connecting you and they're exclusive vr games aren't they as well yeah yeah it's a it's, Hang on a minute. Be, Where, yeah. What's this? What's this? Exclusivity? I'm um, excuse me. What what, <laughs> what what were we talking about earlier? <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, yeah, it's it's even for a hardcore gamer, that's a big swallow. You've got to really like VR and really want it on your PlayStation. Yeah. 
that's the thing, isn't it? I think you know. I mean, there are some big titles being slated for. I think they had about uh, Gran Turismo. Titles. Gran Turismo Gran, is going to be Gran Turismo yeah. Seven. There, they had what was it? Uh, a Rise and Call of the Mountain, Resident Evil Village are all in there. And so I remember we talked about this at launch. You know, what were yeah. the launch titles? So you know, there are good games there, and I expect, given that initial you know spec bump that they've had compared to the first PR PSVR headset. Yeah. You know, if you're into it, like you say, if you're into your PlayStation, you're into VR, then you're going to buy this. Same as you know. If you're into VR on the PC, yeah. you're going to have that. But yeah, you're definitely. I think you need to be bought into the the ecosystem here to be able to to get the most out of it. This isn't a frivolous. Uh, I'm going to buy myself another Spare controller. Moment, style. It, no. Yeah, you know. No, it's not, I, I mean, that's the thing. It's not. Like, that's the thing, is it? It's not like a. I don't know. Take an Xbox Elite controller. You know, isn't cheap. Quite a pricey bit of kit. But you can play it on the PlayStation. You can, sorry, you can play it on the Xbox. You can play it on the PC. You can use it on an iPad. You know what I'm saying? It's it, yeah. it's you can Multiple use it purposes. elsewhere. Yeah, this is very much PS only uh, or not at all. You know. Yeah, and I know obviously Xbox doesn't have that option for VR headset. But yeah, I imagine if Microsoft were going to do it, they'd probably use mixed reality, Windows mixed reality. But you know, you could just go and use it on your uh, on your PC. And I imagine you just take a PC headset and plug it in. As long as it's not an Oculus, obviously. But uh... <laughs> No, but I think that's the reason. I think that's the reason Microsoft haven't done it is because they don't see there is absolute value in doing it. Because most consoles are played in a family environment, living room space, if yep. you will. And VR isn't conclusive to playing in that environment, no. is it? I don't that, that, you know. No, I mean, I, yeah, I've done some VR in the living room because I've, I've got a Quest 2. So, you know, it's a standalone unit if I want it to be. So I've done it with the kids in the living room. But uh, yeah, <laughs> lots of other kids get in the way. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft don't see it as having enough value to drive sales up. No, no, exactly. It's it's going to be a big investment. Probably not as big of an investment for Microsoft as they've already laid the foundation with Windows Mixed Reality. So not as a huge investment, but is it going to pay off enough to warrant it? Well, that's the thing. And I think you're right. They, they've got it already there because obviously the way Xbox is architected, it's not going to be, you're right, it's not going to be a difficult thing to probably, like you say, bring in those other headsets. Yeah. But the point is, why do it? That's, I think, what the point is. is why yeah. Would- you know. No, exactly. So, uh, well, so we'll see how the launch goes. It's, it's less than a month away now, so it'll be interesting to see if or when we get some figures about how well it's selling. Definitely, definitely. So then, we talked earlier when in the, in the you know the cold over there about a red nose designed by Johnny Ive. Now you're probably yeah. thinking, if you're not in the UK, <laughs> thinking, what the hell are you guys on about? Yeah. Doesn't Johnny Ive have some design studio called you know Love From? Well, yes, he does. So let us enlighten you, dear listener. So, Carl, do you want to tell everybody what Red Nose Day is all about? <laughs> yeah. Well, one, it's literally a red nose you put on your face, but it's to do with comic relief. Uh, this is kind of a yearly event where people take part in all sorts of events and challenges to raise money for children facing poverty, uh, not just in the UK, but around the world. I mean, last year it raised, what, 43 million last year? Uh, and that was a bad year for Red Nose. I mean, they have, they have raised over a, generally over a hundred million, uh, but obviously we had COVID. There's the recession going on, so we don't have quite as much money. But still, forty-three million for good causes. Uh, but yeah, people go and buy an actual Red Nose and they wear it all day to kind of signify the event. And these Red Noses, um, like I say, are a staple of the year. Uh, they come out. Uh, and usually they have like a funny feature about them, don't they? They've got yeah. a design. And for many years, they've either been plastic. Uh, yep. I think recently, recently they've been rubber um, or kind of that sort of style of material. Uh, and then this one designed by Johnny Ive is 
a uh, I believe I want to say it's paper, but I think it's I think it's meant to be kind Some of plant based, plant based material, isn't it? It's yeah. recyclable, um, and this one's really clever, uh, as you'd expect from Johnny Ive. So instead of being like a, a sort of a solid piece Pork. of material, <laughs> uh, this is a kind of a flat C shaped that you open out and has a little clip, and it uses like a honeycomb material to give you the round nose effect. Um, yeah. And it's amazing. And you can buy them today, uh, which is uh, February 6th. Um, they're available today. Uh, they're £2.50, or I think it's equivalent to $3. Um, yeah. You can buy them online. And Amazon are also uh, allowing you to buy eight per customer. Because originally, you had to go to a shop, yeah, put money in a tin. A I'm going to buy some on Amazon now, because I just want something designed by Johnny Ive. I mean, I've got an iPad. I've got, an iPhone, well, but, you know, got a lot of stuff designed yeah. by Johnny Ive. <laughs> uh, but I, this is great. And as a kid, we always had them. My mum always used to get them for us. Yeah. Or, or we'd get them at school, you know. And it just... It just is something, you know, that here is a very uniquely British thing. And as you say, uh, you know, is around the charity aspect in it. And, you know, Red Nose Day debuted back in 1988 with a charity. <clears throat> and as yep. you say, they've done a lot around the world. And, you know, it is particularly about children, uh, you know, not just those in, you know, facing, you know, issues in the UK, but children in poverty, uh, you know, particularly this year, I mm. suspect the Ukraine um, war will be a, of a larger focus and uh, those there but you know this is uh this used to be the old-fashioned style mm. telethon you know with the older uh, yeah uh you know comes up on the screen how much money's been raised now there's a whole night of activity sketches isn't there you know usually the, <laughs> the the big acts of the day or the big tv programs that they have like a comic relief uh special episode don't they yep. and things like that so it's very very good um but now uh you know now you know Johnny Ive can add, uh, you know, red nose to his a list, a list of illustrious designs. You know, Did. very, uh, very good. They have made me laugh. They've done the advert for it, haven't they? And they finish it off jokingly describing it as the most perfect nose in history. Maybe a bit of a pot be. shot of Johnny Ive there. <laughs> of course, it would be very, yep. very good. You know, <laughs> very good. So yes, I've just added them into my Amazon basket. Uh, you know, so uh, we'll see when they come. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> right then talking of which then so the uh last week we kind of teed up didn't we about uh 007 uh or more importantly golden eye this is where i should have had some we golden did. music shouldn't i you know i should, I, I failed there failed i miserably. can hear it in my head it's fine yeah yeah and i must, I must apologize for the audio from our last recording by the way so uh we had some issues with our recording platform zencaster um which meant that we had to use an alternative source and our sound uh, our virtual soundbar wasn't available so very sorry for any of the audio issues there um, but this week uh, things are back to normal so then right goldeneye 007 is now available on uh, xbox game pass and nintendo switch but hold that thought about the switch so if you are you know of a certain age you maybe remember playing back in 1997 goldeneye uh, on the n64 maybe oh, around a friend's house or your own brilliant. house yep. uh, Split screen or quad screen, as it was. Quad screen, uh, definitely. Know, back on the old CRT CRT uh, TVs. I remember doing that many times, yep. friend. Um, and it was brutal. You know, you four of you play, your friends, uh, you know, you'd all be watching your own corner of the screen on a small TV back then, uh, trying yep. to work out who was going where. Uh, and if you're like me, sometimes you'd forget which one you're watching and all of a sudden you'd be like, shoot, you, you know, you'd be getting shot. Um, <laughs> or, you know, of course, if you had, uh, you know, the golden gun, it was all over anyway, wasn't it? You know, with it the golden was. gun. So rare, uh, rare, uh, rare. Who were the original studio have uh, worked to release this now? Is it's come back out? This is kind of though. Um, 
this is very similar to an unreleased version that was going to come out for the Xbox 360 back in 2008 time, uh, yeah. but it didn't come out, wasn't launched. Uh, there was a leaked copy that showed up the other year, um, but this is a fully licensed, fully remastered version in 4K for those that want it yep. um, on Xbox Game Pass. I couldn't be happier. I was well happy to this. So I got it out last week. You know, I showed it to the kids. Uh, they were like a bit, you know, the graphics were a bit like, what the hell? Um, and then gameplay, we had, we, we had a couple of goes on the multiplayer because obviously to start with, you if you haven't played the game, you haven't unlocked many of the missions, have you? So yeah. you've only a couple of the... Um, they found it brutal. They were, in fact, quite upset that Dad uh, was, you know, able to pick this up after 25 odd years and was still able to play it. <laughs> Still beat him, did you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's <laughs> making, be honest, you know. Making little kids cry, Jay. Making little kids cry again. So I did say this is available on Game Pass, which is fantastic. So you can play it on um, your Xbox console. You can play it on Xbox Cloud Gaming as well. I had a quick yeah. blast on the um, iPad the other day. That was quite difficult. Playing, <laughs> playing it with touch controls, by the way. Uh, you take up your Xbox controller. I know, I know, I know. Uh, it is available on the Nintendo Switch, as you clearly stated. However... Mm. You need to have the Nintendo Switch Online Plus expansion pack. So it doesn't. If you've got Nintendo Switch Online family membership, I've got one of those because the kids have it on yep. their Switches to play. You can download the N64 game pack, but it will not work because you need this expansion plus pack, which costs extra wow. money. That was rather annoying, I have to say. To but there's that. a difference, isn't it? The Xbox One is a remastered. Correct. The Switch is the original one using uh, Nintendo's. Virtual, virtualization thing they use for all the yeah. games, isn't it? But the Switch, you do get online multiplayer. You don't you do. with the Xbox, it's local only. Local only, but that's not the end of the world. <laughs> no, no, but um, I thought maybe we could have played it co op. Uh, yeah. Me, you, and our, and our friend would have been quite good fun. For oh, it, is, it is, it is. Do you remember the Rumble Pack that came with the N64 controller? I remember the Rumble Packs, yeah. The amount of, is it AA or is it AAA oh, batteries God. that went through on those? Yep. Yeah. So my uh, my brother had the N sixty four. I didn't have it. Um, so I, you know, I, I had uh, I had the PlayStation uh, when this came out. No, I had both. Um, I was a lucky boy. <laughs> no, 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 no. So we had. Uh, so he used to kind of when he got this, he wasn't really. He, he I think I remember borrowing off a friend and borrowing his N sixty four. Yeah. Which uh, didn't go down very well. Uh, <laughs> but it is. I mean, I say it's aged very well. They've done a great job. They haven't. You know, they haven't changed the graphics to make it look you know 2023 they haven't done a high res texture pack kind of thing no well no they haven't no you're right they have not done uh a uh, grand theft auto thank god um it does you know it looks like the original game and actually you know i think that's how it should be the, yep. the difference is though it plays well it's got you know the 4k upscaling so it doesn't probably tear. plays at like 500 frames a second yeah <laughs> it just look just you can imagine though on a on a like a 46 inch tv uh blocky graphics do not look that great <laughs> no no i imagine not <laughs> and like we were talking about nostalgia um nostalgia is a pain yeah as a pain um you know it's <sighs> It just, it is hard. It's not the hardest game. I haven't know. played this yet. I'm not sure I can bring myself to do it. But I played it on agent level first because you have the difficulty. Then I yeah. played it on, I think it was the last one was 007 mode. I can't remember. And yeah. that's almost like one shot, one kill. Uh, and then, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it's quite, and it's quite difficult when you do that. But it's, but I would say though, if you're, you know, if you're of a certain age, you remember playing this yeah. first time around I w and you've got the opportunity to play it now. Go out, get it. If you've got Xbox Game Pass, get it downloaded on your Xbox or play it on Xbox Cloud Gaming. It's definitely worth some of your time. Yep, definitely. 
So, uh, yeah, talking about Microsoft and Nintendo and Sony. We, we've talked about all of them today. But the one thing they've all got in common, they're not going to E3, apparently, this year. No, it's a bit of a washout from that point of view, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, this is the first in-live event in the last couple of years, isn't it? Because we've had COVID and everything. So E3 is back live in, is it July sometime in, in LA? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I thought I had the dates written down. Oh, yeah. Oh, June the 13th through 16th uh, in LA. But yeah, it's rumoured that none of the three are going to be attending. Now, Sony haven't technically attended since 2018, so that's not really surprising. Uh, Microsoft have been, but uh, they're instead going to be holding a showcase event in LA uh, and timing it with E3. So it's (laughs) not inconvenient for people to go and do the Microsoft event, but they're not going to be attending E3. don't know what's going on there. Uh, clearly something. Uh, but t- traditionally, Nintendo have also had a stand at the event. Uh, but they do their Nintendo Direct events. Uh, but So this year, they're just going to be doing a Nintendo Direct. And again, they, the rumor is they won't be having a stand there either. Interesting. I mean, I guess Microsoft, though, have also been doing a lot of these, you know, direct-to-consumer events, haven't they? You know, they have, yeah. So maybe this is the end of the, you know, the big big turn up you know at these events you know because of the yeah. cost uh, you know it's it gonna be a big Mike... loss isn't it for e3 it has a big loss for e3 i, I guess from microsoft's perspective though they have they've you know they just had massive layoffs aren't they they're working through you know they just had to write down a lot of money on some you know some of their uh, profits um i guess you know spending several million dollars at e3 probably wasn't featuring high on their agenda uh, and given yeah. the and given the fact they're probably also and maybe this is just playing devil's advocate. Maybe they're not confident that the um, uh, that the uh, the uh, acquisition of Activision Blizzard is going to go through mm. in time, so they won't have something to showcase. Whereas before, they might have had you know a big song and a dance around. Look what we you know blah blah blah. But if they don't have that, I guess is that probably not you know decisions. I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah, yeah it's an odd one. Uh, you know. It's... Yeah, it's going to be a loss for the industry for not to have them there. But then I wonder how many more will uh, drop out before June the 13th. Well, yeah, that's the thing. But then I guess then the problem is then is what kind of loss are the organisers running if these big you know, tenants uh, of the event don't turn up? Reminds me of Mobile One Congress. <laughs> yeah, a few years ago. What? And yeah. another one, Scott. And another the one. Of, in the middle of COVID. No, we're still going ahead of it anyway. Uh, nope, we're not no, now. Because no, no, no. <laughs> there's, there's no one to fill the halls with. <laughs> Come back next year. <laughs> so we did. <laughs> oh, right then. So. Told you it was working. Um, right then. So the Tetra Rumor, what have you got inside? Let me have a rummage around in the bag. Uh, oh, oh, we've got one story then from our friend. Oh, and it's uh, slim pickings this week, isn't it? Yeah. Well, this is an odd one. So it started off by saying, look, apparently, according to me, Ming Chu Kuo, we're getting a foldable iPad next year. Uh, but now the rumors are we're not from different people. And there's a bit of an online <laughs> squabble going on, isn't there? So. Uh, so obviously, Quo started by saying, you know, he's not expecting any new iPads in the next nine to 12 months uh, with an iPad mini refresh expected in the first quarter of next year. And obviously this foldable iPad, which is apparently just going to have a carbon fiber kickstand. Bit Ooh, odd. Room. I don't think I've ever seen carbon fiber on a Apple device, but hey, never mind. Uh, but, but then uh, shortly after he did his collection of tweets, both Mark Gurman and Ross Young have both said they've heard nothing about a, a foldable iPad in the pipeline. 
Uh, but Young does go on to say that, that there is a supply chain chatter about a 20.5-inch foldable notebook from Apple. But this isn't going to be ready to at least 2025 and nothing for next year, certainly. So I think, look, I think it's fair to say Apple are going to make a foldable iPad or foldable device at some stage. It will happen because Definitely. the nature of you know, the nature of the universe states that, you know, Apple will get there eventually. But like, as we often say, Apple don't typically tend to be the first to market with a product. They will innovate and make that product the best in the market. The same with the iPad. The iPad was never the first tablet, but my no, God. No, not by a long shot. Has it I had some Android tablet? ones. <laughs> yeah, you know, but my God, has it defined the tablet market, you know? Um, yeah. And I think this is the case with the foldable. And I, I would imagine Apple's view here is until they can release a product that is going to work as expected and not going to have the creases or uh, the failures or any of the issues that Samsung have had with their foldable products and is going to give you the best experience, you ain't going to see it on the market. It's not going to no. happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> No, it was interesting to see wildly different stories. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, uh, and Ross Young's got a very, uh, very well, good a rate. Of prediction. Guy, he? He's yeah, a he's display a... guy, so he he should have heard about this if there was going to be one next year. Because if it's next year, there are already prototypes going around at this point, surely. Yeah, I, I, look, I mean, Apple could pull out the bag. Let me not suggest they haven't got it in development. They probably are prototyping it. Um, you know, just not going to see it. Yep. But, you know, but, but Quo is, you know, Quo is pretty solid. I don't suggest Quo is, is yeah. wrong. Maybe, maybe somewhere along the line, there's been talk of a prototype and is that perhaps what he's looking at? Could well be. Or maybe there's a mixture. You know, Young is talking about a 20.5 inch foldable. Or maybe there's, I mean, what's the difference between a note, notepad, uh, sorry, a notebook and an iPad at that form factor? Well, I mean, yeah. if, if it's a foldable, it's touchscreen. There's no physical keyboard. They're basically identical. It's just a name, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, I will say, is that um, the um, the statement from him that says there will be no new iPad releases in the next 9 to 12 months, I think actually that's probably not a bad thing. I think they need to let the dust settle on the M2s. <laughs> quite frankly. Yep, yep. Um, because I think the problem with Apple now, and they've got themselves into this kind of loop, is they're cannibalizing their own sales every 12 months, aren't they? Yep, yep. They've gone crazy. And um, people get to that point where they're not going, you know what, I'll buy the latest shiny. No, it has to actually be a compelling one, not just a spec bump. No, no, not at all. It's like with the, you know, I my iPad, you know, theoretically there was nothing wrong with that 12.9. I just needed to do a size change. And I'm very happy with what I've done. But the the fact is, I don't need to upgrade that iPad now for another couple of years minimum. In fact, probably longer, theoretically. Um, you know, the battery could probably give out first before it does. So it's yep. very odd. Very odd. I just think Apple need to slow it down. But probably slowing it down means that you lose market momentum i know there's lots of going on here but yeah i just from where i sit it's against humor slow it down yep slow it down but yeah i look i i'm not suggesting he's wrong i think you, i think it's a fair statement to say apple are going to put out a folding device but i would imagine ross young is probably more correct here yeah uh, than than quo is on the timelines um the kickstand sounds interesting because i mean that might as well be a surface well, yes, it sounds very much like a surface, doesn't it? But I, it says carbon fiber, but knowing Apple, that'll probably be, uh, you know, me, it'll have a metal look to it. It'll probably carbon fiber it will, inside yeah. it, won't it? You know? Yeah. But how do they build it so it doesn't look like a surface, though? It's beyond me. Oh, wow, <laughs> yeah. iPads are kind of grey, and the surface is kind of grey, and uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah. 
yeah, exactly. You got it. You're like, okay, you just see it now. The design app, right? We don't want to get sued. So how are you going to change this? Uh, guess what? We're going to make it black. Hey, win. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, I, I'm unsure on that. But yeah, interesting to see what comes out. So, well, a bit of a shorter show this week, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, we'll be back next week for episode 123. My God, yes, we are indeed 123 for all of the latest tech news and information. And I think maybe might have a little bit of talk about Home Labs next week as well. Yeah, it could do. Uh, some Home Lab updates on where we are and what we're doing. I think probably it's something good to have a chat to something different. But, of course, you can find us on Twitter. Yet we're still there as the tumbleweed passes through at uh, Weekly Tech Rant. We're also online at techrant.online for all of our show notes and information. And, of course, uh, wherever you find your podcast, you can find us. So, uh, with that, I've been Jay. I've been Carl. Have a good evening, all. <laughs>